open to it? Are you open to going into crafts and arts and be my minister there? Are you open to going into the music industry and being my minister there? Are you open to going into the judicial system and be my minister there? I feel this thing because somebody's faith is right. Are you even open to stepping from uh, uh, amongst the crowd or, or the people who are in the organization of Christians and believers? And would you step forward and be open to me doing something through you? And Simon was open. Somebody say, I'm open. No, say it again. I'm open. Because if you are going to be a minister, you have to be open. And this response throws Jesus off. Look what it says. It says, Simon Peter answered, said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Verse 17. Jesus answered, said, you say, what? Hold on. Blessed are you, boy. You blessed. Because Simon Barjona, look at the name he called him. For flesh and blood or your experience or you just being here right now hasn't revealed this to you. But it was my father who is in heaven who divinely inspired you because you were open. What I'm trying to tell you is all throughout history, God is just looking not for people who are perfect. He's looking for people who are open. He's not looking for people of extraordinarily extraordinary ability. He's looking for people of availability. It goes back to Moses when Moses had a speaking problem. And he said, I can't talk for you. And God said, if you open your mouth. If you're open to me using you, I'll fill your mouth and you'll be my minister at the highest level of government. And this is why if you're open and you step from around the organization and you say, God, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Then God will start revealing stuff to you that your education couldn't teach you, that your pedigree couldn't teach you. Do y'all know I'm a pastor with six months of high quality Tulsa Community College education. The revelation that I get is not because of something that man gave me. It was because I was open when God visited me in a Hampton Inn in Baton Rouge, Louisiana at 4 a.m. And God called me into ministry and I was open to it. And he said, as long as you're open, I will reveal what I need you to do when you get there. I need somebody to be excited because God's saying, if you'll be open to be my original, uh, to be my, my, my minister, he said, then I'm going to do something for you. So write this down. If you're going to be the minister, you have to hear from the originator. And too many people are not doing what this disciple did. He was open, but then he only said what God told him to say. Jesus says it. My father in heaven revealed this to you. And too many people are self-proclaimed ministers not hearing from God. Just because you got a Facebook camera don't mean that you... Let me stop. It, it, the truth is that I would be not being effective if I walked up here and said my opinion. 
The reason that I'm effective is because I spend time with God and I hear from the originator and I hear from God. That's why in this time where many of you have more time than you've ever had, it's so important that you start your day in the word of God so you can increase your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But faith increases by whatever you focus on. So if you focus on the fear, it's only going to enhance your faith in fear. But if you focus on the promises of God, it's going to enhance your faith and that's why I'm asking everybody even in this time of corona we are praying every single day at noon and I want to thank you because tens of thousands of you have been joining us all every day that we've done it but we're going to keep going until we see a miracle because we need to hear from God and if you're going to be his minister you got to hear from the originator look what it says in verse 18 and he says and also I say to you watch this he switches up his name. You're Peter. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's who you are. No, Peter. No, I know they've been calling you Simon Barjonah. But I'm switching your name or I'm calling you something different. And Peter means Petra or the rock. And on you, I'm going to build my church. This hit me because up until this point, he had been called one thing. But when he got open, heard from the originator, his name changed. And what God says is, can I call you something different and you own your calling? See, right now you've been successful in business, but what if God wants to change your name right now? Would you own it? And that's what I want to give you as the third point right here. If you're going to be the minister, you have to own your calling. So many of you are going back and forth and vacillating, but what will my family think if I really start doing this? And what will my friends say? You might lose them. You might actually have to leave people to become something and then come back and get them. Some of y'all are so worried about going to where God has called you to be with all of the homies that have been with you. There is some time where you're going to have to step out and be open to what God wants to do and him changing your name. And you get a word from him and you walk and you own it. I think about it in my own life, man. When God called me and I had been in the music industry and I was doing stuff there. That's what I thought my identity was in. And when I started working in ministry I didn't want all the religious stigma and I started doing youth ministry and they was like are you our youth pastor are you pastor Mike and I felt the little tinge of like sarcasm they were saying with it and so out of my need to really want to be uh, you know what I'm saying um relatable I was like no 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 don't call me pastor Mike call me big brother Mike so the whole time I was a youth pastor everybody called me big brother Mike well many of you know my story that eventually I became the executive pastor of our church and then I became the lead pastor and when I became the lead pastor and God called me to lead the church, not that I wanted to just do something, he called me to do it. I didn't accept or own the calling. And so there would be people that would be coming around and be like, big brother Mike, big brother Mike, big brother Mike. And God said, you better stop answering to that because that's not what I called you. I called you Pastor Mike. And not that I needed somebody to, to validate and call me Pastor Mike. That wasn't the thing. I hadn't owned it. You can call me Michael, but I, I still would own my calling. And I was allowing the title to keep me away from owning my calling. And God says, if you don't own it, I'm going to find somebody else. 
And I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but there are things that God has been trying to give you and there's spaces that he's trying to call you to minister in, but you're saying, I don't really do that and I don't want to be known for that and I don't want to do that. And God said, I factored in all of your flaws, all of your quirks, all of your nuances, and I still called you my minister. You better own the calling. And I'm just making a decision right now. And I believe that I'm speaking faith into somebody who God's already given a vision, that he's already given you a dream. He's already told you to write it down. And you've been shying back because of what others thought. And God has changed your name. He called Simon something different. He said, Peter. And he had the answer to the call. I think about it like this, that when I was young, my mom's in the room right now praying me through right now. I love you, baby girl. And, and, and what's happening right now is, is that God, I feel his spirit translating through this screen right now. I feel this thing so strong. When I was young, my mom made a nickname up for me and she called me Mookie. Ha 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 ha. Okay. Um, but, but the crazy thing about it is all of my life, because she was the one who gave me the name, because she called it to me first, when she called me that name, I would answer. But if anybody else called me that name, like my brothers would always try to make fun of me, like Mookie, Mookie, all that other stuff. When they called me, I didn't respond. And, and, and one of the things that God was telling me, even in this, he said, I'm calling you something different. But it doesn't matter about what I call you as much as it matters what you respond to. So, so some of you have been responding even if they're calling you out of your name, calling you not what God called you, you're still responding to it so they can keep calling you that. And you keep walking in that thing until you stop responding to it. Some of you have been responding and anger calls out to you and you answer. And God says you need to stop answering to anger and you need to start answering to anointed. When you hear that name, that's what you need to respond to. Some of you right now have been answering to mad, but you need to answer to masterpiece. Some of you have been answering to whole, but God... God wants you to know that you're holy. You need to answer to the right thing. Some of you have been settling for below what God has been calling you. You've been answering to average. And God wants you to know you're accepted. And that's why my favorite part of this scripture tells us how we're supposed to live. Once we own it, once, we, once, we, once we're open, and if we're going to be his minister that we hear from the originator... And because we're going to be the minister, somebody say, I'm the minister here. Come on, just say it. I'm the minister here. When you get open, when you hear from the originator, when you're one of those who says, I'm going to own my calling. Then you start living offensive. Go with me. If you are going to be the minister, you have to live offensive. Look at the next part of the verse. It says, and also I say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church. Then he makes this bold statement and the gates of Hades or the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I've always had this scripture messed up because what has happened? I got a gate here that represents a gate of hell. And what I thought is that the church was inside of a gate being protected and that all the forces of the enemy is coming at you, but nothing can touch you because you're protected in the gate. So the gates of hell won't prevail. But I figured that I just couldn't read and I didn't understand it. 
because it says the gates of hell. That means hell is the thing that has set up protection around certain things. Hell has set up gates around the entertainment industry. Hell has tried to set up gates around the education system. Hell has tried to set up gates around your family and keep y'all in generational cycles. Hell has tried to set up gates in music and keep people in cycle. And it said the reason that the hell has gates is because it doesn't want God's ministers to get in. Because if God's ministers would ever penetrate the gates of hell, we could go in and have authority to make a difference. And what has happened is because you haven't owned that you're the actual minister, you haven't lived offensive. You've lived defense. So you're just trying to make sure the enemy doesn't play me and make sure my kids are okay. And God says, I invented you to score. I invented you to go into hell and be able to get all of the things that have been locked up, movies and entertainment and government. The enemy thought he had a gate set around it, but I'm about to release ministers in the midst of everything that hell has set up against a gate around and it says and the gates of hell will not be able to prevail the only reason it's working is because we haven't gone up and tried to go in who's the minister here you and you're already in place but you're not living offensive enough and so when somebody wants to tell you you can't pray here you back up off of it when they tell you, you can't have a Bible study here, you back up off of it. And God says, I am waiting for somebody to get the keys that I already stole from the enemy. Do you remember that the three days when he was crucified, I feel that I'm about to preach. I need an organ right now. The three days when he when he was up there, it says that he wasn't just sitting there. It said that he went down to the, the place of Hades. And he stole the keys ah, of death, hell, and the grave. And he gave all of us, watch this, I just need you to see it. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, it's telling us that we got to live offensively. It says, and since John the Baptist began preaching until now, everybody say until now. Right now, this day that you're watching this, until now. The kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advanced and violent people are attacking hell's gates. I'm tired of punk Christians who are not answering the call of being a minister where you are right now. God says, I don't have to move no pastor into entertainment because you're there. I don't have to get somebody in the financial institution because a minister's already there. But you got to own it and live offensive. So, so, so what are you talking about? Well, then how do I have the keys? Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. I love it. He says, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I'm ready for an 
army of ministers after this message to take the authority and the keys he already snatched from every demon and devil and he gives them to us so from now on in the name of Jesus when we go into our jobs when we go into social media when we go into education it tells us that the gates that are set up around it that we have the key we don't even gotta fight for it all we gotta decide to do is take our authority and take it off and everything that the enemy thought he could use is no longer a place and we we can go in to every area in the entertainment. We can go in and we can move it. Oh, we can take it by force. We can invite other believers into it. I can say, listen, government is open. Is there any ministers who want to come and be a part of what God? Hey, hey, every soccer mom, you can start that ministry right here. Get other believers in entertainment, in government, in our homes. I know that there are ministers. But until we live offensive, come on, I need some more believers up here. Because this is what's supposed to, to, to be the, 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 the body of Christ, the picture. Is that when we walk in, this ain't the church no more. This ain't the church no more. Y'all stand right there. Now I want you in the midst of education, in the midst of the entertainment and arts industry, in the midst, of, I want y'all to start praying right now. Get in a circle and start praying right now. That's what happens when ministers take their place. That then they're open. Ah, I feel the presence of God. And when they're open, if they get in a place together, the Bible says where there are two or three ministers gathered in my name, he said, I'm in the midst. And they get into education. And they get into the entertainment system. It says the gates of hell can't keep us out. If we would own being the ministers. And today... If you would take the keys that God has given you and walk in that authority, whatever you bind and whatever you loose has to happen. My last point, thank you guys. If you're gonna be the minister, you have to be ordained. And all the word ordained means is be officially given authority to minister. Today, at your home, this is not a church service. This is an ordination. This, as you have understood what God is saying in your life, I want you to know the title of my message and the charge of your life. You are officially ordained. Today, you're the minister. Today, God doesn't have to look for another because I'm going to be open. I'm going to hear from the originator. I'm going to own my calling and I am going to claim my ordination. And I'm going to minister to others. We're not looking for nobody else. God's not searching for anybody else because he puts you there. And today, we stop chasing things that are distracting us from our calling. He called us to be his ministers, to spread the gospel, to let people know that he loves them and he lives and he can help them right now. And you 
are officially ordained. You don't need a collar for this. You don't need a platform for this. You don't need a building for this. All you need to know is as you step up and be open, God will fill your mouth. He'll show you what to do. He'll show you where to give. He'll show you how to love. And today, if I'm a man of God, I'm telling you that a revival is about to break out. Not because it's happening in a building. I feel this thing so strong. It's going to happen because ministers are in every gate that the enemy thought he had locked. And we're going to stand at the gates of hell. platform I'm just a child of God who's a minister too so I gotta go and share the gospel I gotta teach my kids how to love God and I decided as for me and my house we're gonna serve the Lord pastor I don't know how I'm gonna be able to do that listen Matthew 28 18 he told him I've given you all authority in heaven and earth therefore go make disciples of all nations do y'all know with this pandemic happening and all of the gods of the world being shut down, like sports, movie theaters, like think about all the other gods, government, finances, everything's been shut down. He's saying this is the perfect opportunity for you to go and make disciples of all nations. And right now, as I record this message and I speak it live to people watching and some are watching on rebroadcast and some are watching right now in their cars, it's in every nation. And I'm telling you, you're the minister in that nation. He said, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. This is the thing I want to end with. Be sure of it. I am with you always. During coronavirus, always. During the economic collapse, always. During the Great Depression, always. During slavery, always. Even to the end of the age. If you're going to be the minister, alone is never an option. God's saying, I need you to answer this call. And I promise you, you'll never walk alone. That's why it says, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's how Bella was when we were going down the hallway. She thought it was a, a place of scary and darkness. He said, I don't have to fear because you are with me. That's all I want to tell you is God is with you. He's with you in the midst of your hurt. He's with you in the midst of your pain. He's with you in the midst of the uncertainty. He's with you. Because he's not with the church, the organization. He's with the church, the organism. And I need you to declare by faith. When somebody asks you, and when you look around, you're trying to figure out who's the minister here? Who needs to pray? Who's, who needs to do something? Who's the minister here? You'll be able to step forward boldly and say, I'm the minister here. Somebody just say it in faith. Say, I'm the minister here. Come on, one more time. Say, I'm the minister here. And I believe that the greatest revival the church has ever seen is on the brink of erupting because we will not be lulled to sleep anymore thinking it's somebody else's job. Do y'all see this whole time 
I've been preaching. This thing has been standing up because it wasn't one or two ministers in place. It was multiple ministers doing what God has called all of us to do. And the weight of the world could be on our shoulders, but if all of us are in our spot, nothing can stop us. I want to pray for you right now. Because some of you have just answered the call. God has changed your name. Hands lifted all over this place. In your living room, right now in your car. Some of y'all are on the beach. Lift your hands right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your Holy Spirit is transmitting through every device. And it is bringing people into the saving knowledge of who you are. Father, I thank you that they're answering the call to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I come against the lies that have tried to disqualify people. I come against the pain that has tried to paralyze people. I come against Father God, even the frustration that has tried to frazzle people. And I speak life and faith into every minister right now in the name of Jesus. I declare and I decree that we will be open to you, Father God, that we will hear from the originator, God, that we will own our calling, that we answer and accept that we are ordained and we will never walk alone. Today, I declared that something is arising in the earth and the enemy has made a mistake because this is the church and we are built for this and the gates of hell will not prevail. We trust you, we believe you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen and give God the biggest, oh, come on, give him the biggest shout of praise you have. Some of you right now are watching this and you need to do the first thing. You've been God's passion far from him. But today you, you heard God calling you, whispering you, compelling you. And I just want to share good news with you that you can become God's people right now. I was in the same boat as you. I was a liar, a manipulator. I was addicted to pornography. I had all kinds of things going on in my heart that were bad. And all I did was what Romans 10, 9 said, is I believed and I confessed that Jesus Christ lived, died, and rose again just for me. And that day I was saved. The Bible says, behold, when you make that declaration, the oldest passed away. And I'm making everything new. If you're in this moment, you want to make the greatest decision of your life by becoming or switching your position from God's passion to now God's people, I want you to pray this prayer with me. You don't have to confess your sins to everybody. God's saying as I hear you and I see you right now. And at Transformation Church and in Transformation Nation, we're one big family. Nobody prays alone. So everybody that's watching right now is going to pray this prayer with you. But I want you to mean it from your heart because today your life is changing. And you're going to answer the call of God on your life. Everybody just lift your hands and say, God, thank you for being my Lord. Thank you for living and dying and coming alive again just for me today i receive salvation the old is passing away and everything's becoming new change me renew me transform me i'm yours in jesus name amen hey can we put our hands together all over the world and thank god for the hundreds if not thousands of people that have just come into the family you're god's people and we love you thank you
you so much for watching Transformation Church's YouTube. And I just want you to take another step. If this is feeding you, join Transformation Nation. That's everybody that doesn't live here in Tulsa watching live with us on Sunday mornings. Gather your family. Let's make this thing an every week situation. And please share. Share if it has impacted your life. There is somebody that is waiting for you to share this with them. And transformation is only a click away. And there's one more thing I would ask you to do. Pray about giving. If you want to help us take this message all around the world and represent God to lost and found people for one reason, transformation in Christ, you can do that right now by clicking the give button. I cannot wait to see you the next time we're here. Live a transformed life.